you have your Bibles, guys, I'm going to ask you, if you will, turn uh, with me uh, back to, uh, we left off in the, the book of uh, uh, Ephesians, because we were talking about Naaman, and if you look at your outline that we, we've been uh, talking with you from the last uh, three or four sessions, this would be part four of stepping out in faith. We know and we understand that God designed each one of us to be followers of him, disciples who step out in faith, who live by faith. The Bible says the just shall do what? Live by faith. The just shall have a lifestyle of faith. What is faith? According to Hebrews 11 and 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things that are not seen. Correct? Faith, I told you on last week, is the title deed for the thing that you are hoping for. Now, whenever you see the word hope in the Bible, hope in the Bible is not just hoping and praying and wishing and and just hoping that luck comes our way. Hope in the Bible is a confident assurance of a future event. Everybody say confident assurance of a future event. When I don't see it and I don't have it, it's hope. All right. But faith gives substance to the thing that I can't see right now. Is this mic still on? Did y'all just see that video? All right. Mandy got a word that didn't fit even her personality, Ben. Anything that she'd even thought about. Child care. If the Lord had told me to open a daycare or child care, I, would, I, I probably would have just fell out, y'all. Because, I mean, I love children, but I don't think I want to manage. Uh, uh, you know. Don't y'all look at me like that. Some of y'all, that would have tripped y'all out also, right? But she recognized it as the voice of God. And when you recognize it as the voice of God, God, when God speaks to your heart and speaks to your spirit concerning an issue or situation or pathway for your life, when you learn how to step out in faith, you may not know all of the variables involved in making that thing come to pass. Because if you knew all the variables involved in making it come to pass and you had all the resources there, it wouldn't take faith. If you can see it, it's not faith. So think about that for a second. I'm not saying it's not, we, we don't plan. She talked about going back to school, business plan, all that. You got to do all those things. But the reality is, it was not something that she ever thought she would do. And I want to tell you something. God will sometimes, amen, upset your apple cart. God will sometimes change your life flow and move you in a direction that you had no idea that you were going to be moving in. Can I get somebody out there to raise their hand and say, I've been through it, Pastor? <laughs> I'm going to pick on my friend Yvonne Bartley here. Uh, we worked together in banking for several years. And then this is after I left the bank, she got laid off from a job. And, and she spent, I don't know how many years. With it, she, she went from being a banker to managing uh, something with Sears, wasn't it? She, she worked for Sears. Um, and from there, he moved her from Sears to a, a place where she's doing what she was put on this earth to do, I believe. It meant financial counseling. But there was a pathway that God took her through to get her to that point. All right. I'm sure she didn't understand it when it happened. I'm sure that there was that was there was uh, some uh, some angst and heartache about that process. But but God will take you through a process to get you to where he wants you to be. Amen. Can I get a witness? You know, I, I never I never thought that I would ever be a banker when I graduated from Louisiana Tech with a f- degree in finance. I mean, what I said, banker. I never thought I'd be a pastor. 
All right. Uh, if you had told me that, I probably would have told you some choice words. Because of what I'd seen in church life, I saw the behind the scenes sometimes when people don't act the way they should act. And when they're not mature enough in their faith to keep God the main thing in the midst of a ministry. So that was not something I was looking forward to. But when God gave me that word, that confirmation that that this is what I want you to do, I stepped out in faith. Now, God, think about this. Now, we get into our text. Think about this for a second. This church called a 25-year-old. Think about this. A 25-year-old who had never pastored before, a 25-year-old who had just confessed his calling to ministry less than a year prior to. Are y'all following me here? Now, most churches would not have dared done that, but somebody here had some faith. Somebody heard the voice of God, I believe, and I think the proof is somewhat in the pudding. Going from 35 members to now over 500 members 34 years later, I think that there's some there's some God stuff going on in this place. But I probably I told you before, I probably wouldn't have voted for me to come be pastor of this church based off what it looked like. But there are some times when you know the voice of God, when the when, when God is pricking you in your spirit, it may not make sense to those who are outside of you. But just know that you're hearing from God and it don't have to make sense to everybody else. Just know that you're following God. Amen. So get, get back with me, if you will. Let's go uh, back to, uh, oh gosh, let's go to uh, Ephesians, if you will, the third chapter again. And we, we're going to pick back up here. We talked about on last week, we said there's some things that keep people from stepping out in faith. And one of them was pride. We saw Naaman in 2 Kings where he, because of pride, refused the instructions of God's prophet, Elisha. Elisha told him, now Naaman came from a, from a foreign country, a country that will oftentimes go to war with, with God's children in Israel. All right. And as a matter of fact, when he came with a letter from that king, the king uh, of Israel thought that the other king was trying to pick a fight with him because it didn't make sense. The king knew he didn't have the authority to heal this man of leprosy. But a, 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 a slave girl who had been taken into captivity spoke a word to her master and said, there is a man. There is a prophet named Elisha who can heal you. It wasn't Elisha, but it was God working through Elisha who can heal you of this leprosy. And then Naaman went there and because of his pride, he didn't want to do what the man of God said. Go dip seven times in the Jordan River. And when you dip seven times in the Jordan River, you'll come forth clean. But he, he, he protested like many of us do when God tells us to go and do something that doesn't make sense to us or that's out of the ordinary or that's outside our plan for our life. I told you that pride, according to the Bible, is trying to order our life the way we want it. Trying to order our life according to our relations. Trying to order our life arranging things and other people so that it is the way we want it to be. And we end up ignoring the way God says, I want you to go. That's pride. Pride says, it's my way. Pride says, I'm going to do it the way I want to. Pride says, I'm going to, I'm going to move at my command, not at God's command. But listen, Lord, the Lord says, I want, to, I want to use you, but pride has to be put, put aside. So pride will keep us from moving with God. Let's get back to Ephesians, the third chapter right quick. And let's look down at verse number 16. Ephesians chapter 3. Verse number 16. And I want to take a look at uh, as we go through this text, this text, but I want to I want I'm going to jump to another text that gives us an illustration of what it means to walk by faith or to step out in faith. Stepping out in faith. 
I would submit to you that probably the average Christian, when given specific instruction by God, tend to hesitate or tends to to either pray through it. And you got to be careful when you talk about praying through things. So sometimes praying about it to some of us means that I ain't moving. How many of y'all ever asked somebody to do something? They say, well, let me pray about it. And you never hear anything back from them, right? Because really, I'm going to pray about it was a nice way of saying no. All right, let me see the hands of y'all who said, I'm going to pray about it. And at the time you said it, you had no intention of doing what you were asked. Lord, we got some liars in here. Lord, please don't strike us down. I'm telling you, there have been times where I've done that. I'm like, I'm a, when I said I'm going to pray about it, I, I was sort of hesitant about the thing and I'm not sure about it. But, I, but did I really go and pray about it? And so we got to get away from that. When God tells us to do something, when we know and we're sure that it's him, again, get the assurance. But when we know it's him, we got to step out on faith, even when we don't understand all of the, the steps are involved in moving in the direction that God told us to move in. Because if it was if we knew all the steps, knew all, knew all the resources, then it would not be faith. Right. Can I get a witness? So let's look at this right quick. Ephesians chapter three. Paul is writing here to the church in Ephesus. And we saw this uh, on last week. But let's, I want I want you to hear this as we jump to this next one. He says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with what? Inner strength through his what? Spirit. He will empower you. I told you on last week, uh, we, we read it from the KJV, that inner strength uh, is, is the word dunamis, right? And that's that power source that comes and, and not only gives us the, the unction, but the power to accomplish God's will. There are things that God is going to require all of us to do that's outside of our skill set, outside of our personality bent, outside of even what we, what we may even want to do. But God tells us to go in that direction. And many times what God is trying to get us to do is understand how to trust him and believe him when we can't see how he's going to work it out. Amen. Anybody had that happen in your life before? Where God is moving you in a direction, maybe it's a career path, maybe it's a, a relationship that He's, he's, he's call, calling you to, to engage in with somebody who, 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 if you're really honest about it, you really are not very fond of and you really don't want to go and connect with them. Anybody have anybody in your life right now? You don't have to raise your hand, but anybody in your life right now that God is really saying, okay, I need you to go and, and, and get close to that person. You're like, mm, God, mm. no, Lord, you know, you, we got history, Lord. And I don't really want to, Lord, Lord, just, just, okay, I'm going to pray about it. There you go. There you go again. I'm going to pray about it. What God is saying is when I give you directive and directive can come through a dream. It can come through a, a prophetic word. It can come from your pastor. Do you not realize that when when God says, I'm going to give you pastors after my heart, after my own heart, who are going to feed you with wisdom and knowledge. When your pastor, the place that you came to, you said the Holy Ghost led you. Okay, how many of y'all are here because the Holy Spirit led you to be a part of this fellowship? Okay, all right. If the Holy Spirit didn't lead you, you are released right now because I don't want you any place that the Holy Spirit didn't lead you. So if the Holy Spirit led you, he knew I was pastoring here. 
Is that correct? And if if I am God's representative to his people, then that means that God will speak through the pastor to 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 exhort you to to teach you and to and to boost you on to do the will of God. Because in our natural bent, most of us walk in pride. We want to do it our way. Right. So God is saying, I've given you pastors. So there are going to be some times I'm going to be preaching on Sunday and I'm going to be sharing things that come to your house, that knocks on your door. Have I ever preached anything that, that you, you were dealing with? Come on. All right. So I'm going to keep preaching stuff that you're dealing with. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit knows exactly where you are. I don't have to know. As long as the Holy Spirit knows, he can, he, yeah, he'll use me to speak to you. He'll share some things that, that, that through me that I had no clue about. And now it hits you right between the eyes. And so when the mail comes to your mailbox, do not stamp it, return to sender. Y'all, remember, y'all know what return to sender is? That means that address unknown. No, no, no. When you're here, God will speak to your pastor and to others. He'll even speak to your children. He'll speak to your spouse. All you married folks in the house. All you married folks. Do you not realize that there are times when God will speak to your spouse, speak, speak to you about you through your spouse? Because ultimately your spouse probably knows you better than anybody else. Right. They know your little proclivities. They know your little, they know your little shortcomings. They know your little prideful ways that you may have. And they see you in a way that others don't see you. Can I get every married person to raise your hand up in, in this place? Yes, your spouse knows you or should know you better than anybody else. And there are times when God will speak to your spouse about you. Because they know you better than anybody else knows you. I know mine speaks to me about me. God uses her. Speak. Now, here's what will happen is if you're not careful because of pride or whatever, when your spouse speaks a thing, it could be the truth. But because of your pride and because of, of you may want to be right. You won't listen to them. Right. But then somebody else can go say the very same thing that your spouse told you two years ago. And it's not, all of a sudden it's revelation knowledge now. It was revelation then because God was trying to speak to you, but you were so hard at it. You wouldn't listen. So he used somebody else and not all of a sudden it's great. Y'all do that with me. I guess speak of man. That was great. That was, wasn't that, ooh, or what a rainbow. I said, I, I preached that five years ago. Yeah, I preached it five years ago, but you didn't hear it then. But that's okay, long as you get it. I'm okay. I, I listen. I, I'm not selfish like that. Listen, if 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 another man of God, woman of God, shares a word that that hits you right between the eyes and you embrace it and begin to walk by, more power to you. Amen. I am not jealous. Amen. As long as you get the word and begin to apply it and walk in it. Watch this. I pray that from His glorious unlimited resources, He will empower you with inner strength. Through his what? Spirit. Verse number 17. Let's read. Then Christ will make his home where? In your hearts as you. Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and do what? Keep you what? Strong. Next verse. Let's read it. It says this. 
And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Next verse, watch this. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. I'm going to tell you something. I don't, I can't understand how God could love a sinner like me. I mean, a sinner who's saved by grace now. I'm in a different category and you are too. We are saints who sometimes sin. But we're in a different category now. We are children of God. Are y'all with me? Born again, children of God now. All right. So, but we still mess up along the way. And I can't understand how God can love me unconditionally because if the truth be told, many times, if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of times our love for people is conditional. All right. It's conditional. In other words, as long as you're doing reasonably well and acting reasonably well, I'm going to love you. But what happens when you start cutting up? What happens when that person doesn't do everything the way you want it to be done? What happens when that person hurts you or does something that that wounds you emotionally? Can you still love them? See, God loves us with what we call agape love. That's unconditional love. His love for us. Think about this. It's not predicated on how we how good we are to him. And I thank God for that. I get lazy on God. Any of y'all get lazy on God? Sometimes I don't spend as much time with him as I need to. Maybe I'm the only somebody here like that. Maybe I'm the only one that sometimes, you know, I think about studying and I don't get up and study. I think about praying, but then I procrastinate. Anybody in the house? Maybe I'm the only one. I, 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 would, I would think that, 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 that I'm wise enough to know that I'm not the only one. But God still loves me even when I don't do what pleases him. And I thank God for that. That love blows my mind that God could love somebody like me. And love somebody like you. When really we don't deserve that kind of love. But it gives us anyhow because his love is unconditional. It is not conditioned on how good we are. It's conditioned on how good he is. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I got to keep moving. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So he empowers us. Now, again, what keeps people from stepping out of faith? We said last week, uh, pride is number one. Second thing I, I would think is, is procrastination. Everybody say procrastination. You know, if, if you have something that you need to do or to say or to fix, don't put it off any longer. Now, I can, I can be the world's worst procrastinator at times. Uh, I'm praying about it. Any of y'all are willing to admit that you procrastinate? Come on, raise your hand. We're going to get free this morning. How many procrastinators do we have in the house? Lord, right now in Jesus' name, I ask you to fix the heart of these procrastinators. 
Help us, God, to move when you say move and not pray about it. Now, when I say that, I'm being facetious, but we ought to pray. But prayer should not be in this moving. Are y'all with me today? Some people fail to step out in faith because of pride. Others fail because of procrastination. Let's go to Romans, the fourth chapter, and look at verse number 16 with you. Romans chapter four, verse number 16. Abraham, or Abram as his name was back then, did not procrastinate when giving a life-altering directive by God. A life-altering directive by God. When God moves you in a different direction, when God, uh, Romans the fourth chapter, and we're going to begin reading at verse number 16. I want y'all to follow me, okay? Follow me closely here because I want you to know that in order for him, Abraham, Abel, whose name was changed Abraham, to become the father of many nations, you know what that means, right? God was going to use a people group to birth the Savior into the earth realm. God was going to pour out of himself... Great is the mystery of God, as the Bible says. God was manifested in human flesh, born of a virgin in Bethlehem. In order for him to be born, he had to come through a people group. And God said to Abram, he says, I need you to get out of your country. As a matter of fact, what, can, can I let, let the scriptures speak to us? Let's read together. It says, so the promise is received, What? By faith, it is given as what? As a free gift. And we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses. If we have faith like Abraham's, for Abraham is the father of all who what? All who believe. Again, he chose the Jewish people to birth the Savior to the earth man. Y'all do know Jesus was Jewish, humanly speaking. But the Bible says we no longer know him according to the flesh. What does that mean? That I don't look at him as a Jewish savior. I look at him as the savior. He's the savior of the entire world. So God used the people group, the Jews, the nation of Israel to birth the savior into the earth realm. Are y'all still tracking with me? But in order to get to that point, he told Abram, hey man, I need you to leave your kinfolk. I need you to get away from around what's familiar to you. Because during the culture at that time, family loomed large. And and family uh, emphasized and meant protection. Family meant uh, livelihood. Because many times it was an agricultural-based economy, and they farmed, and and you used the family, amen, to farm. That's why they had so many children a lot of times, 10, 15, 20 and the children will work the farm. Any of y'all worked the farm before? I got, I got brother. I got some of y'all. I, I never worked the farm before. I, I did it maybe once or twice at my granddad's land out there in the hills, as we say. And I did enough of it at that point in time to realize I didn't want to do it. <laughs> Hello? I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to go out there and pick peas. Any of y'all pick peas before? <laughs> Amen? Put, putting up greens, whatever it was. I knew I didn't want to do that, but... Family was very important because it was an agrarian society and you had to farm the land. So to leave family was, it was, was, was leaving your protection, your security blanket. Has God ever told you to leave your security blanket, that thing that you trust in more than him? That thing that you place in front of him? 
that thing that has become an idol God and you didn't realize it was an idol God. Do you not know people can become idol gods? Your children, your spouse can become an idol God to where you, you, you trust that person more than you do God. I'm going to tell you, don't let anybody or anything come before your God. God is a family God, amen. You understand that, right? But there's a fine line there where sometimes if we put more trust and belief in that person than we do in God, when that person leaves, we, we, we throw it all away. We can't make it because we make that person a God. Don't make it. Love people. Love them unconditionally, but never make anybody. This woman, I love her, but she's not an idol God to me. I love Maria, but Maria don't come before Jesus. And she loves me, I pray. Is that right? And I don't come before Jesus. So that if, if the Lord, amen, amen, decides to transition, I would be hurt. I, mean, I don't know how, I would be emotionally distraught. I, I know, but, but, but my hope is not gone. Because the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The Bible also said those who sleep in Jesus, will he bring back with them? Do I really believe that? I believe it with all my heart, mind, and soul. I believe it so much that as I read it, as I meditate on it, I believe that as I read and meditate on it, it will begin to calm my spirit. I'm not saying how long it'll take. As I always tell people, I'm not telling you how long to read. Amen. That's a personal thing. But don't make anybody an idol God. Amen. I love her, but she's not my idol. I mean, she is, a, you know, in a, in a certain kind of way, you know, you Are y'all, are y'all following me? I mean, you know, Carl, can I get some help from you? I know Laura, Laura ain't your idol God, but you, 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 you like that girl. You love her a lot, don't you? Are y'all getting my drift? So, so let's learn how to, to, to move. Can I keep going? So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift, and we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have the faith like Abraham's. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. Next verse. Let's go. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. I love the way the KJ read. It says he's the God who calleth those things which be not as though they already are. In other words, God will say something about you that you don't even look like that yet. God will say what he sees in you, amen, even though you may be a little bit trifling right now, God sees five, out, five years down the road when you've accepted him and begin to walk in his word. I thank God that, 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 that he doesn't, amen, just judge us and leave us where we are when we first get, first get saved. I thank God that he didn't leave us where we were five years ago. Let me see your hands here. How many of y'all... Well, are willing to admit that, hey, you got saved, but you still was something else before you start growing. How many of y'all, willing to say, how many of y'all are willing to admit that, hey, I was saved, but, but perhaps I still had some stuff that, I, that was still trapping me until I started growing? Oh, I need, I, listen, this is therapy today. Y'all, listen, you, we, we, we're going to bring some stuff up. Brother Chris talked about Sunday night, the storm on the inside. There's some stuff on the inside that needs to be developed. I thank God that he allows us space and room to grow. Because 
We may say, and we hear people testify, I got saved when I looked at my hands, my hand looks new. When I look at my feet, my feet did too. Places I used to go, I don't go no more. But the reality is, when you first got saved, you were still going to some of the places you shouldn't have went to. You were still hooking up with people who you should not have been hooking up with. Y'all know what hooking up means? Can I give y'all, y'all know what to hook up with somebody? Or you were, as some of the young folks say, cross kicking it with them. Any of y'all ever been kicking it with somebody? Y'all don't know what that means, do you? Can I enlighten you? You kicking it with them means that there is no, there is no, there's no, really there's no commitment. Y'all just hang out and have a good time together. And that good time could mean a lot of different things. We're going to just meet up and we're going to have casual sex. Oh, oh did, did, did that shock you? Hey, it happens in the church. We are friends with benefits. Are y'all liking me this morning? All right, listen, we have to get to the point, and I thank God that he didn't, he didn't come down on us so hard and knock us out when we were not where we needed to be. All of us should be what? Growing in our faith walk. So thank God that he loves us enough to, 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 to see us grow and mature in our faith. Thank God for that. This is what the scripture mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Next verse, let's go. Watch this. Verse 18 says, uh, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham did what? He kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of what? Many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. Watch this. Who against hope, believe in hope. Now, again, the reality is you got to recognize at the time that God told him to leave, he was an older man. Uh, he was, what, at the time of the promise, I think around 100 or so. And maybe Sarah was what? 90. All right. So. And y'all check me out. Go, go, go check me out and make sure I'm, I'm right about that. Uh, but think about this for a second. When you're at that age, you know, the ability to procreate has diminished. Right? The, as a matter of fact, the Bible said this in, in, in one instance. It says, Sarah's way as a woman was no longer there. In other words, uh, in order for this is my biological terms. In order for a, 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 a pregnancy to take place, a woman still has to, 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 to pass her egg, right? She, in other words, can I put it this way? Sarah had been through menopause. Okay. Are y'all understanding me? Her ability to produce naturally was no longer there. But yet God says, Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. The Bible says who against hope. If I told you uh, that, 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 that half these women over here are, have, have went through menopause and those half over here are going to have a baby next, uh, next year, you would, you would look at me and say, Pastor, you are crazy. Because they've gone through that period of time. Naturally, it cannot work. But let me tell you something. When God speaks, he goes beyond the natural. He goes to the supernatural who against hope believed in hope. Watch this. And Abraham's faith did not weaken 
even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's room. I'm telling you guys, listen, this is reality. This is not some made up story. This happened. Right? Text says the next verse. Let's read. Let's go. It says, Abraham never wavered in believing God's what promise? He had a promise from God. God came to, I think it's Genesis 12 chapter, and said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. Now, when you read this, you got to understand that there were some hiccups along the way. You that study your Bible know that, 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 that Abraham and Sarah tried to fix it themselves. I think Chris told us about that on Sunday night. They tried to fix it themselves because they brought in Haggai, the handmaid, for, for Abraham to go in and procreate with her. That wasn't God's plan. How many of y'all have been guilty of stepping in and doing it your way instead of waiting on God to bring the manifestation? Watch this. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in, in this, he brought glory to God. Next verse. Watch this. Is that right? He was fully convinced. Watch this. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Now, my question to you is, are you fully convinced that God is able to do what he promised? Verse 22 for good measure. Watch this. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. Now, Abraham was circumcised. But it wasn't the circumcision that made him right. It was his, the fact that he believed in God's promise. My question to you today is, can you believe in God's promise? When God says move on a thing, when God says go this direction, when God says I'm going to use you to minister in this area, can you believe him? Abraham, or Abel as his name was then, he moved when God told him to move. Many of us would have procrastinated because it, it involved leaving family behind. It involved leaving that which is familiar to go to that which is unfamiliar. So he did not procrastinate like many of us do. The third thing uh, is fear. What else caused us to, to not step out in faith? Fear. Although Naaman was a brave and courageous soldier, even though he was a celebrated military man, he was a military hero noted for his strength and his valor and his power. I'm sure that this situation struck fear deep down on the, on the inside of his heart because he, he had leprosy. And, and had, that, had that leprosy progressed even further, he would have to be separated from everybody he known and, and put into a leper colony. So fear struck in his heart, I am sure, a fear the likes of which he had never known before. Naaman had leprosy and you can't defeat leprosy with a bow and an arrow. You can't, you can't defeat leprosy with a, with a sword, amen? He was used to fighting, but your fighting can't get this disease healed. Many of y'all in, in various ways, whether it's physically fighting or verbally fighting, but, but many times that kind of fighting can't help you in certain situations. You can have all the money in the world, but money can't heal your body. Money can pay for a surgeon to do a procedure, but money can't bring the healing. There are many folks who've had procedures done, but they never recovered. Let me tell you something. God is able to do what his word promises that it can do. And we got to learn how to start trusting him and taking him at his word. But fear, fear. Naaman decided at one point in time to stop trying to control the situation. 
Here's the problem that many of us have. We try to control the situation. And God says, if you're going to follow me, you got to let me be in charge. Now, that is tough for many of us because many of us like to control everything. Come on. We want, we want to manage. We want to control everything, right? But if God's going to get you to walk by faith, that means that he's going to put you in a situation, a, 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 a place where you do not control it. Because if you can control it, you're not going to trust him. You're going to trust your ability to control it. Can I get a witness? And God says, I, 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 need, I need you to walk with me. I, I want to teach you how to walk by faith. I want to teach you how to step out in faith so, that, so that I can use you to do supernatural things. I believe that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in these last days that we're living in, God wants to use his church to do supernatural exports here in the earth realm to transform our community. Y'all heard me say this time and time again. Guys, I'm going to tell you something. We ought to get out and vote, but never trust voting to transform a community. I didn't say don't vote. I didn't say don't be actively involved. But if you are trusting your political party to do what only the gospel can do, you are sadly mistaken and you're off course. God wants to use the church to transform these communities. But the problem is that many times the church will stay inside the four walls and not get out into the community. That's why we're encouraging you. We're exhorting you to let's go. Let's be out. Let's let's take the message that we're learning and and, and let's begin to to build relationships with people who 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 don't know Jesus. That's how we're going to transform the community. So so fear, fear will come in now. When we have to operate by faith, you know, the Bible does say God has not given us a spirit of what fear, but a power, love and a sound mind. Is that correct? So if God did not give us a spirit of fear, where does that spirit of fear come from? Many times from the enemy, many times it comes from our flesh because our flesh is looking at uh, what it sees and not what God. You literally have to do this if you're going to be a, a, a faith walker. You literally have to say, OK, Here's what I, I know is, 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 is a fact, but that fact is not the truth. It may be a fact that I don't have enough money to get this business started. But the truth is, I got a word from God. And the truth of the word from God will override the fact that I don't have any money. Because God can make a way out of no way. Is it about that? Has, has he ever done it for any of y'all? I need some witnesses who say, Pastor, I know what you're talking about. I've seen God make a way out of no way. I've seen him do some things that was unexpected in my life. I'm not knocking the fact, and I'm not trying to get you to say, well, you have the money when you don't have it. But you ought to start speaking, calling those things which be not as though they already are. You may not have it in the natural, but you got to speak for faith-filled words. Say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And don't doubt in your heart, but believe that those things that you say shall come to pass. And you'll have what you say. And that's not a substitute for preparation either. Some of y'all want to speak, but don't want to prepare. If this job requires a degree, or this, this job requires a certain amount of training, go get the degree, go, go get the training. So that you're open to be able to walk into that space, okay? But listen to me very carefully. God will call us to step out on his promise. Look at this last point here. Faith oftentimes requires unusual action. I want you to go to John the ninth chapter first. John chapter nine, verse number one. We're going to walk through this here real quickly. But I want you all to see this. 
Faith oftentimes requires unusual action. That was unusual for him to go dip seven times in the Jordan River. It was unusual for the widow who had one mite and she gave all she had to the Lord. And Jesus, the Bible says, sat over against the treasury and observed how they threw, put money in. And when this widow, how many of y'all heard the story of the widow with one mite? The widow who by all natural means gave very little, but Jesus, his accounting system is a little bit different than ours. When Jesus sat over and watched this widow with that one mite, he says, she's given more than all the rest of these. Now, we probably would have said, well, just, just, hey, just keep it. That's all you got. Just keep that little bit. We'll take some out the treasure and give it to you. No, she gave. And Jesus says she's given more than the rest of them because he knew that she gave out of her need and the others gave out of their abundance. God is watching what we do, guys. And watch this text right here. Here's something I want you to see. Faith oftentimes requires unusual action. So what does that mean? Well, that means that there are going to be some people in your life who are not people who walk by faith. They're not going to understand when God tells you to do something that doesn't make sense to them. Right? They're not going to understand it when God tells you to do something that doesn't make sense to them. Well, who are you going to trust and who are you going to believe? Are you going to... Now, again, I'm talking about when God gives you a word. Not you just ate bad collard greens and you had a bad dream. I'm talking about when God gives you a word from him, Right? Then you move on that word. Watch this text here. This does not make sense to me. Uh, but here's what Jesus did. Watch this, guys. St. John, chapter 9, verse number 1. Can we go through this real quickly? Let's go. It says what? As Jesus was walking along. Wait, 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 wait. All right. So y'all know the rule, right? This is a participatory. Ser- I can't even say talk. This is a participatory sermon. And so when we read it, the words comes out and words have power. All right. So we want to read it because I want you to I want you to get it down in your spirit because there's going to be some times when God's going to actually do something that doesn't make sense. The question is, will you do it? Yes, I know you got a doctor degree, but it ain't going to make sense. Faith never makes sense. It just works. Watch the text. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciple asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sin? It was oftentimes thought about in biblical times. It was oftentimes thought that if you had something wrong with you, it was because of the sin of you or, or, your, or your family members. That's why you were born blind. OK, are y'all with me? So text says, next verse says what? It was not because of his sins. Are his parents sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power could be seen, what? In him. We must quickly carry out the task assigned us by the one who did what? Sent us. Next verse. The night is coming and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am what? Now, here's the next part that don't make sense. All right. Some of y'all would have got, got up and started running when, he did, when this happened, right? Watch this. Then he did what? Spit on the ground, did what? Made mud with the saliva and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. Now, does that make sense? 
How many of y'all would have got up and ran? Well, you blind, so you have to have somebody have to help you. But I'm sure if Jesus had enough spit to make a mutt cake to put over the man's eye, he had to hear, hear Jesus spitting. Would y'all agree? Everybody said, don't make sense. He spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. Now watch this. I need y'all to hear me. He told him, do what? Go wash yourself in the pool of Salaam. Salaam means sent. So the man and washed and came back sent. Now notice something. The man did not say, well, 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 this don't make sense to me. Why are you doing this, Jesus? Why did you put this kicky stuff on my eyes and you spit in it too? That's nasty, Jesus. But he didn't do that. The Bible says, so the man did what? Went. When God gives you a word, stop debating with him. If you're going to pray, pray for clarity, but don't pray for procrastination purposes. Some of y'all praying, you say you're praying, but you're not really praying because you're afraid to move on what you can't see. I'm just reading the text. So the man did what? Went and washed and came back what? Seeing. Now, I call this analogy because it's some crazy stuff getting ready to happen here. And it, crazy stuff happens when you tell people about what God did for you, right? Watch this. Watch this. His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar, ask each other, isn't this the man who used to sit in bed? Some said, some said he was, and others said, no, he just looks like him. <laughs> now, question for you. If this man was born blind, born from birth with no sight, he would have been begging all these years, don't you think his neighbors would have known that it was him? People can be a trip. Watch this. Text says this. No, he just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, yes, I'm the same one. They asked, who held you? What happened? Verse 11, he told them, the man they called Jesus made mud and spread over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Salaam and wash yourself. So I went and washed. Now I can see. Now watch this. Here come the religious folks. But where is he now? They asked. I don't know, he replied. Then they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees because it was on the Sabbath that Jesus had made the mud and healed him. The Pharisees asked the man all about it. So he told them he put the mud over my eyes and when I washed it away, I could see. Verse 16. Some of the Pharisees said, this man, Jesus, is not from God, for he is working on the Sabbath. Now think about this for a second. Jesus heals a man, delivers him from a lifelong ailment, and all they could think about was he did it on the Sabbath. Everybody say religious. religious. <laughs> there could be somebody who come to this altar and get saved. And you're talking about how short a dress is. Rather than rejoicing that she got up and came and maybe that's all she had. 
Yes, it was the same thing. She walked to the club the night before, but the Holy Ghost led her here. She got saved, delivered, set free, filled with the Holy Ghost. But all you could say was her dress was too short. Everybody say religious. Watch, watch this. Then the Pharisees again, again. Everybody say again. No, let me back up. Some of the Pharisees says this man, Jesus, is not from God, for he is working on the Sabbath. Others said, but how could Mary sinner do such miraculous signs? So there was a deep division of opinion among them. Verse 17, let's go, y'all. Then the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been blind and demanded, what's your opinion about this man who healed you? What do you think about this man? Text says this. The man replied, I think he must be a prophet. The Jewish leader still refused to believe the man had been blind and could now see, so they called in his parents. Now watch these parents. I got a word for them they, with their they trifling self. Watch this. <laughs> they asked them, is this your son? Was he born blind? If so, how can he now see? Now how many God-loving Red-blooded parent would have been rejoicing and praising Jesus because their son who was blind and now can see. I don't know a parent what this salt and what this, what this, what, what, whatever. I don't know what a parent wouldn't be rejoicing and giving praise to God that their child has been healed. But watch his parents. His parents replied, we know this is our son and that he was born blind. But we don't know how he can see who healed him. Now, do you actually think this dude got healed and could see and then go tell his parents? Do you really, the Bible doesn't say, but, but you, do you really think that this guy who was born blind from birth didn't go and tell his parents, first of all, what had happened to him? I think we could, we could use some judgment and say that they, they, he probably did tell him, but watch this. Watch this. Everybody say, watch it. His parents, verse 20, his parents replied, we know this is our son and he was born blind, but we don't know how he can see how, but we do not know how he can see or who healed him. Ask him. He's old enough to speak for himself. Verse 22. Here's the the crux of the matter. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had announced that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. They were afraid they were going to get kicked out of church if they gave the credit to Jesus for healing the blind son. They were more concerned about what the people were going to think than about what God had done. I got to ask you a question. How many of y'all are so concerned about what people think about you being here? What people think about you operating in faith? What people think about you giving tithes and offering to support the work of ministry? What people think that's the problem this tells me right here they knew but the text says this his parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had announced that anyone saying Jesus was Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue that's why they said he's old enough to ask him so they knew you know but how many of y'all are not willing to say for God I live, for God I die. How many of y'all are not willing to give God the glory for what he's done in your life? Because of what your relative's going to say. What your mama may say. 
what your daddy may say, what your friends may say about you. Amen. Buying in totally to what God's word is saying for your life. I got to finish this. The text says this. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and told him God should get the glory for this because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. <laughs> Twenty five. Let's read. I don't know whether he's a sinner. The man replied, but I know this. I was blind. Now I can see. I don't know nothing else, but I was blind and now I can see. I don't care what y'all can run your mouth. You can say whatever you want to say, but I was blind, but now I can see. Some of y'all may be saying, well, I don't care what you say. I don't care about Baptist. I don't care about Pentecostal. I don't care about whatever you're talking about. All I know is I was here and now I'm here. Jesus brought me from here to right now and I thank him for it. I don't know whether he's a sinner, but I know this. I was blind and now I can see. But what did he do? They asked. How did he heal you? Look, the man, he, he the, when, when the text says he exclaimed, that means he's getting a little irritated with him now. They don't ask him two or three times. He don't tell him two or three times what happened. Y'all with me? Watch this. Look, the man exclaimed. I told you once. Didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Oh, he's messing with them now. Then they said, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. Wow, that's very strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from? We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it. Now they will just start talking about it. Watch this. You were born a total sinner. Verse 34, y'all there. You were born a total sinner, they answered. Are you trying to teach us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. When Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man and asked, do you believe in the son of man? The man answered, who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You have seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you. Yes, Lord, I believe, the man said, and he worshiped Jesus. Then Jesus told him, I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind and to show those who think they see that they are blind. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him and asked, are you saying we blind? (laughs) Jesus said, if you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty. Jesus replied, but you remain guilty because you claim you can see. You think you got a relationship with God, but you really don't. You got your religious tradition and you think you're all right, but you're so dumb. Can I put that way? That's, That's doorology. You're so dumb, you don't even realize you're not even close to God. This man... Amen. Allowed Jesus to do something that was unusual. This man allowed Jesus to spit and make a mud cake and put on his eyes. That didn't make sense. But it didn't have to make sense because faith never does. Amen. But it does work. Next week, I'm going to pick up. I got some other testimonies in the scripture I want to share with you. 
that are unusual steps of faith, things that, that don't make sense, but it works. Things that, 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 that just to the average person, they will say, I don't have enough experience. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough skill set. But God worked it out anyhow. Amen. God has did it for you. And I want to tell you, we got to learn how to, as a ministry and you as an individual to step out in faith. It doesn't make sense. Some people probably said it didn't make sense for you to be at this church. But you're here. You stepped out in faith. I'm going to tell you, if you're going to walk with God, you can't listen to what people say when they're going against what God has told you. Make sure you're hearing from God. And when God says move, you move. Well, Brother Pastor, my family's going to talk about me. I don't care. And you shouldn't either if you're moving with God. You love them through their doubts and their insecurities, but you keep moving with God. Because when you step out in faith, it ain't going to make sense. But it does work. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I thank you.